Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Caregiver and Physician Conversations, sponsored by eCareDiary.com. I am your host, Marjorie Pabst. Please visit my website at mycaregivingcoach.com for many resources related to your personal advocacy and well-being as a caregiver. Today, I'm delighted to be joined again by Dr. John Guineri, this show's lead physician, and by Dr. Rick Balmelshay. Both of these doctors are backed by popular demand. Dr. John Guineri is the past president of the medical staff at Florida Hospital and currently is the director and chairman of the Florida Hospital Department of Healthcare and Spirituality. Dr. Guineri is also the lead physician for the show, and Rick Bommelger is professor and chair of the Department of Communications at Rollins College, where he is known as the listening professor. Dr. Bommelger's latest book is a book entitled Listening Leaders, and I encourage that you look for it on Amazon. Today, our topic is taking charge of your caregiving, and then we have a blank uh, instead of the word perhaps journey or whatever you might want to put in there. Uh, Recently, the two doctors and I presented and facilitated a live seminar on this subject at the annual Share the Care Conference in Orlando, Florida. Today, we'd like to share our thoughts from that conference with a focus on how caregivers can take charge of their caregiving, whatever they want to call it, by using key leadership principles. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Guineri and Dr. Balmelger. Thank you. Pleasure being Thank here with you, Marjorie. Thank you, Marjorie. Delighted to be back. Oh, it's wonderful. So we spent an interesting day last Friday uh, with um, amazing caregivers. Um, one is always inspired and humbled when you're in the midst of caregivers. Um, share your overall perceptions about what you saw and learned from the Share the Care Conference. Marjorie, uh, I was really touched by a number of points, uh, three points that I'd just like to make as far as my overall perception is. Number one, uh, as we, I think, had a gut feeling but not validated until now, is the tremendous need that caregivers have to vent, to articulate the challenges, the tensions, the issues that they have to deal with. Uh, the other aspect that comes across loud and clear is many times their lack of direction. They're so obtunded, if you will, with so many issues in dealing that there isn't uh, clear direction uh, as well as uh, resources that are available to them. And, and lastly, I, I think one of the aspects that I'd like to bring across is is that Many of them do not feel embraced by their loved one's physician. And, and, and I want to tell them that they should be, if they aren't already, embraced by the physician taking care of their ill loved one. Great. Thank you so much for those comments. How about you, Dr. Balmelger? I was struck by the genuineness and the authenticity from minute one. Uh, there wasn't a need to like be, come into the learning space and kind of warm up to each other, but it was immediate 
in terms of sh- sharing what was in their hearts and in their minds, and that that was incredible to me right right from the beginning. the The other thing that really struck me was how significant the communications are between especially daughter who is the caregiver and mother who who is the one who needs the care and the kinds of communication messages that were being sent in that dynamic those were two things that came up for me okay great um well, let's explore a little bit about what each of you has said. Let's take you first, uh, Dr. Bommelger. Um, what You mentioned communication between mothers and daughters. Um, was there w- one thing in particular where you saw a commonality among, amongst many of the comments? Well, it, it appeared, and it, maybe it was a, a coincidence, but it appeared that there seemed to be a commonality, a, a thread, if you will, that there were strained relationships uh, from a communication standpoint between daughter and mother. Um, mother resisting, uh, being cared for, um, yet in each of the instances when grandchildren were involved, how the one who was being cared for, in this case the mother, who also is the grandmother, how they were so accepting of their grandchildren and ready for grandchildren to care for them. I thought that was fascinating. That is interesting. You know, um, I did a, a poetry session after our session, and that came up again in the poems that were written, this mother-daughter. And one of the participants said, you know, the role is one way for so long. We have a, a model of the mother being the mother, the daughter being the daughter, that when those roles are reversed, it is tremendously difficult to then move into the other role of the carer of your parent. So um, that was a theme. Dr. Guineri, would you like to add something to this? Yeah, one of the things that really impressed me was um, this middle-aged woman who was caring for her mother and felt initially a little slighted that her siblings weren't involved. But she was very mature about it and and actually communicated well with them uh, about that feeling. It was done in a very... uh, gentle, non-inflammatory way with the siblings. And what came out of it is that each of the siblings had different talents that could be used in the care of the mother in different ways, some very indirectly and some directly. And it was amazing, I think there were three or four siblings total, how they really collaborated together. Why? Because there was real, honest, genuine communication among them. And it was stated that, you know, I'm not comfortable doing that, but I could do this. And it was really heartwarming to see with that real communication how you could have harmony within the family. Yeah. It was one of those key uh, indicators for success that we observed, that if you can collaborate, uh, particularly with siblings, you're... um, 
way ahead of uh, the game, if you will. Uh, we intentionally uh, titled our session, Taking Care of Your Caregiving Blank. And then we put a big exclamation point after the blank. And we were curious, uh, for you listeners, as to what word or words caregivers would use in putting that blank. What were some of those words and their implications for the caregiving role? Rick, you want to take that first? Sure. We actually jotted down some of these on a flip chart. Uh, I'll, I'll just identify a few, and perhaps, uh, Dr. Guineri, you could pick up uh, from there. I I uh, jotted down taking care of your caregiving family, uh, your caregiving time management, caregiving balance, caregiving well-being, caregiving responsibility. What other ones did you see? Yeah, there was uh, the mentioning about taking care of your caregiving opportunity. That uh, was followed by some felt it was a dilemma. Uh, one person put actually a big question mark there. And then lastly, I remember seeing a person writing, taking care of your caregiving pressure. That really says something as well. But I have to say that uh, the, the two that really jump out to me, and, and it seemed to be a theme as we dialogue with the participants, that is balance was really important. Uh, it was key. And, and, and again, the dilemmas that happen, or we may call them tensions, uh, those were two of the ones that really jumped jumped out at me. I, I'm not sure if how you felt about that, or Marjorie, how you felt about that mm-hmm. as well. Well, just a, a quick comment. I am always amazed that even though their dialogue and communication and discussion with us tended to be about their problems, that really the, there was such hopefulness in the session. And it came out in the words that were brought out, uh, even right at the beginning when they filled in the blank with their words. It was one of hope, and I and I just felt that mm. thread through the whole thing. And, again, it's, um, it's a humbling experience to be with people who have such pressures on them and yet who continue to have um, a, a lightness of spirit, if you will. Um, Dr. Balmajay, you believe, and we walked in the session hoping that um, folks in the class would believe, that they are, in fact, caregiver leaders and that, uh, um, that one of those pivotal skills for being a caregiver leader is listening, communicating, as you've mentioned, and um, all of those things have to really start by listening to yourself as a caregiver. Would you both add on to that notion of leadership and listening and listening to yourself? Uh, Yes, I I think that even by including the word leadership with caregiving um, changes a bit of the perspective. What what I noted was that as we went through our session and some of the comments were, well, I never thought about this as being leadership, but, you know, it really is. And I think that that's a, a wonderful um, shift if one can, like, for example, one of the 
blanks was take take charge of your caregiving opportunity or responsibility. Those are both leadership words. And, yeah, there's no formal authority or title or power, uh, if you will, in place from an organizational standpoint, but it is, I think, one of the most highest forms of leadership that there can be, which is servant leadership. Yes. I think that um, one of the leadership skills that these caregivers don't think about because they just want to do, do, do and help, help, help is their limits. They don't know where their limits are. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I tried to point out when we were together with them last Friday. And the corollary of that is the fact that in knowing your limits, realizing when you need to collaborate to to have really a team there. Now, you could be the captain of the team, uh, but again, knowing those limits and when to collaborate. Uh, The other aspect, and again, I alluded to it a moment ago, is, is the balance that you need to strike with this situation where you do need some respite from that situation and involving family and friends as well. Yeah, Um, and I would add to that, we heard the word delegation uh, mentioned by a number of them, the need to delegate, and if that isn't a leadership skill, I don't know what it is, and yet, um, um, you know, we've always talked about caregivers needing to ask for help and collaborate, but the notion of delegation and delegating responsibility came up loud and clear, and um, I think it's something that our listeners can should mull over, and we all should mull over, in terms of um, rethinking the caregiving role. Anything else to that, um, Dr. Balmelje, that you'd like to add? I I think that just by helping folks to notice, um, and in that space when they're away from the action so to speak, where kindred spirits come together to learn together, to grow together, just by noticing and then naming um, things that they are experiencing together, I think helps them accelerate their learning together. Rick, are you saying that they should be still and reflect on what has taken place? Without a doubt, and this is one of the leadership, if you will, competencies that even broadly is, I think, underutilized is the competency of reflection. And and just for a moment, just thinking about, I call it getting on the balcony, you know, getting away from the action for just a bit and get up in the balcony and look down and say, where am I? You know, where where am I going here? Just kind of taking that short respite. Uh, yeah. That's a good visual, too. Thank you. That is a great visual. And, Rick, you reminded me um, of the whole notion of vision, which they brought up and we brought up, that leadership, you know, as caregivers, to look up and think about the big picture uh, is such an important thing rather than to stay mired in the details constantly. Um, We demonstrated, uh, for you listeners, we'll try to um, 
it explain this as clearly as possible, but we used a peacock feather and we asked various volunteers to balance that peacock feather for us. And they balanced it. They were to balance it on their index finger. Uh, Rick, why don't you take it from there in terms of what happened? There are two exercises in in the process. The first one is we invited the participants to balance the peacock feather looking at their index finger. In other words, they're balancing this thing upright on their index finger, and if they just focus on that finger, what happens? Well, they were running around and dropping the feather and spinning and and trying as hard as they could, but they weren't getting the real result. But then when we invited them to look up, um, all of a sudden things change. There's stability, there's better result, there's less motion. And then to ask the participants what happened from a caregiving perspective, I, I think their descriptions were amazing. Um, what what were your thoughts on that? Uh, they were, uh, Rick. In fact, uh, the, as I recall, some of them. Uh, in, in fact, let me just read it for you. When you look down, it brings brings you down. When you look up, it lifts you up. When I look down, my eyelids are covering my peripheral vision, but when I look up, I can see everything. Great. We asked them to look at the top of the peacock feather up at the eye, and uh, it was amazing the differences. So um, when you mention getting out on the balcony, it's a lot like looking up, isn't it? Standing up, reflecting, looking out, surveying the territory. Um, That came through loud and clear from our caregivers. Absolutely, and 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 to be able for them to be able to uh, in just a few moments describe what this means from their perspective just was so rich, uh, far exceeded by miles anything that I could possibly ever come up with. Exactly, exactly. Um, And one thing I would just like to encourage our listeners to do, when I was a caregiver, I hesitated to go to conferences. I hesitated to leave home uh, away from my loved one for fear that something might happen. Um, And yet, um, Share the Care is our one agency here in town. I hope you all kind of agency where people are brought in to give you the caregiver respite so that you can attend a conference. I cannot encourage you enough to find opportunities to go and be with fellow caregivers, to find that reflection, that time to have some respite, to rethink your role. Um, For the people that we saw last Friday, it was a, a critical time for them to have for themselves. So, Rick, uh, do you feel looking from the balcony or or with the peacock feather, looking at the top of it where the eye is of that feather, uh, do you think that that really symbolizes meaning for what the caregiver is doing for their vision possibly or, or even their mission? Hey, absolutely. The, um, the leadership, if you will, core, the core, includes mission. You know, what's my personal mission here? 
why am I doing this and what do I hope to accomplish in the area of vision? Where am I going down the path in this very significant role that I'm playing as caregiver? And how am I doing this? What are my values every day? And the clearer we can become about this core, if you will, I think the the more we can move forward and approach it as an opportunity rather than the reverse. Yes, exactly. Um, the uh, Another thing we explored in relationship to building this core, uh, this uh, vision of how we want to be as caregivers, um, we looked at the fact that most issues for in life, but especially in caregiving, are not black and white, but very complicated. And um, during our workshop, we presented the concept of caregiving tensions to our audience as a way to think about the push and pull of daily situations, kind of a tension like a rubber band where you're pulled back and forth uh, in opposite directions. And um, one of our tensions we mentioned was this whole issue of going it alone. Do I go it alone, or do I help? A, do I ask others for help and collaborate? Um, what of both of you explain what happened when we presented that notion of the of the tension? Yeah, it was uh, as we called the tension, but some folks again called it a, a dilemma that they're they're really in and. Uh, it can happen at different levels, too. It could be as simple of, well, I'm taking care of my uh, loved one that uh, has a significant health challenge, uh, and I'm not going to call upon my friends or my siblings or family members to help me with it. Or it could be at a whole other level where you're talking about, uh, oh, yeah, I have enough knowledge. I, I can think through this in a rational way, versus using some of the resources that are within your community, be it such as Share the Care or a respite organization or an Alzheimer's organization or whatever it may be in the assistance of caregiving. Uh, and I truly feel that it's a balance that you have to reach. John, I'm wondering about uh, early on you mentioned about the communication between caregiver and physician and some some physicians that are not um, ready and willing to effectively communicate. That in itself, as a person moves down the path toward collaboration and reaches out to the physician, how would you recommend that they deal with a physician that, that wasn't embracing the communication? Surely. And that physician, it could be on uh, different levels as well why he's acting that way. It could be the fact that he's extremely busy. It could be the fact that he may not want to deal with that aspect of care as well or a combination of things. And I think it nonetheless can be approached and should be approached by the caregiver if they're going to certainly take a leadership role. And that may have to do, well, doctor, I know you're busy, uh, but could we sit down, if we can't do it now, can I make another appointment with the next few days to sit down with you to review this? 
or could you call me at the end of the day to discuss this, or could you refer me to one of your physician extenders to deal with the situation? And if he doesn't react in, in a collaborative way, uh, I, I think it's time to maybe think of another healthcare provider. And, you know, uh, Dr. Guineri, uh we've discussed on this show before that modern medicine is more and more becoming teams of professionals, medical professionals. So this whole issue of advocating for yourself, communicating with the physician, um, requesting more time, all of these things is going to become bigger rather than remain the same. Absolutely, Marjorie. And, in fact, it's... uh, uh, quite a uh, tenet now in medicine is that you're not only caring for the patient, but also for the family that's caring for that loved one that is ill as well. And most physicians, I think, nowadays really embrace that concept. Yeah, very good. Well, are there any questions I have not asked today? Anything about um, our experience uh, with our seminar last week? that either one of you would like to mention. Yeah, I would add another tension that seems to be tantamount that folks have to deal with, and that is where the caregiver wants to care for their loved one that's ill. That is, they're being patient-centered, if you will. But they may have other things that they're centered in as well, so they feel this tension of patient versus other. And that other, for example, if your mom is the ill patient, and you are the daughter, you may be married, you may have two kids, you may have a job, and you have a husband. And those are some of the other centeredness that you have to uh, deal with, with that tension, that strain, that dilemma, if you will, in between. And it's very real and could be varied from caregiver to caregiver. Um, the, The people we worked with last week, and I think every caregiver would say, that what we did last week, we there prob- this problem of tensions was not solved, but in commenting about it, in confirming that it exists, in getting out on the balcony and reflecting on possibilities, um, in thinking about being a leader, in taking the view from looking up rather than down, and surveying the possibilities that life can be uh, for the caregiver, um, a caregiver can come out of it by saying, I can control this. I don't really expect to resolve it, but I can control um, what is in my life at the moment. Either one of you want to comment on that in our few remaining moments? Yes, control it, knowing your limits, and knowing that you can collaborate or are two of the corollaries of that, I believe, Marjorie, as well. Yes, and I think that from a leadership standpoint, this is about tackling tough challenges, and that's what leaders do. They tackle tough challenges. Again, what struck me is that several of the participants had figured out a way to be able to move through the tough challenges to come to a place of understanding in themselves and in their family members on how we're going to deal with this. Great. Okay. Well, I um, I hope that all of you listening today have um, 
gained a lot from our conversation that you'll caregiver um, that you'll find time for respite in whatever community you're in that you'll seek out conferences that will give you time to really uh, think about your caregiving issues with other caregivers. We really heartily recommend it. I want to thank uh, Drs. Guaneri and Balmelje for being on our program again. Uh, your wisdom, as always, is uh, the best. Pleasure being a part of it, Marjorie. Thank you so much, Marjorie. It's a blessing to me. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And I want to remind our listeners that this show will be archived on my site, mycaregivingcoach.com, on the eCare Diary uh, site. And so all you have to do is go on either one of those sites and click on radio shows, and um, you'll be able to, to access this show. So recommend it to your friends. And uh, we thank you for tuning in today. Take care, all of you. Until next time, this is Marjorie Pabst wishing you a wonderful day. Bye-bye.